all the Forza podcast listeners. My name is Claire Hill, and um, we have a special guest on this evening. Her name is um, Fernanda Conrad, and um, Fernanda is somebody that I admire, and um, I think I kind of like Instagram knew you before I actually met you. But um, somebody I feel like in the Anchorage community really represents um, creativity, which is a big part of one of the goals with Forza, and really is doing some awesome things in the community with design, and um, so many other cool aspects, Fernanda, that I wanted to talk about with like Wild Heart Magazine and different things like that. And so do you want to just take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes. Thank you for having me, Claire. Um, I, I don't recall how you and I met, as it is the case with a lot of people in this community. I think we all run into each other so many times uh, before we actually officially know each other that it is hard to pinpoint when exactly that happened. But um by way of introduction, I am an interior designer. Um, my heart is set on remodeling, um, mainly kitchens and bathrooms. So that is my life. Um, but I also, I am a writer and I don't do that for a living, but I do, I am the managing editor for Wildheart Magazine, and that has been an incredible creative outlet for me, and um, more than just that creative outlet, it has become um, just a really awesome way to bring um, forward stories from Alaskan women, and that has filled my heart incredibly. Um, Personally, I am married, and I have a son. Um, who is six years old and is about to begin first grade this coming week. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a big smile on your face when you said I have a son because he is just so sweet. But um, <laughs> yes. um, Can you start with just talking about you're from Ecuador. Mm-hmm. How did you get to Anchorage? Um, so... When I was 17, my mom decided that I needed to understand and see the world in a different way. And um, the way that she went about it was she sent me as an exchange student up here with um, the Rotary Club. And um, it really changed my life. That was probably like the one decision that my mom made for me that I did not necessarily want to do at the beginning, but it changed my life for the better. It opened my eyes to so many things. Um, I met kids um, from all over the world and Anchorage in specifically like changed me. Um, Alaska was everything that Ecuador was not Um not necessarily in a good or a bad way. It was just completely different. And it um, it kind of just, I, I fell in love with it. So after my exchange year, I went back home and um, I graduated up here. I went to West and then um, I decided that I just didn't want to live without Alaska. So I convinced my parents to let me come back and um graduate here for college and it was supposed to be a fun 
adventure um, for me. And it was, I was supposed to go back. And then after that, I just, you know, got a job. And then after that, I um, got a house. And then after that, I met my husband. And then after that, I got my, <laughs> had Benjamin and I just kind of <laughs> never left. <laughs> so <laughs> one thing led to the next and then it's been 20 years. So, <laughs> you know, so, that that's, so great. that's how I ended up here. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and Alaska is so glad to have you, but I'm sure your family misses you as well. And I miss them. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I love Ecuador. I love my family. I am the only one of all of us who is up here and I miss them very much. Um, but as I said, Alaska has just become home, you know? Yeah. And so, um, the community that we have here has really, really just become, um, an anchor for me. So I, I do love it here. Mm-hmm. So when I think about Ecuador and before we move on to talk about all the other things you're doing in Anchorage, can you just talk about like, how do the Ecuador people live? Like if you were to say in a few sentences, like what's life like there? What's the values like? Well, um, you know, it is, I I am going to speak more as to the time when I lived there because I haven't lived there in 20 years and the country was, has changed drastically since I left. Um, so even though I still have my family there and my parents live there um, and I go back often, it is, um, I don't think I can necessarily speak to what life is like there because I don't live there anymore. But That being said, I do feel like whenever I go back, things are slower. Everything, Mm -hmm. there is a slowness to live in um, that is much different. It's a different pace than the way we live up here. Um, Things are more, um, they have a purpose. um, If I, if I use, you know, I I don't know if that makes sense, but Mm -hmm. um, it's, we dedicate time to, eating and we dedicate time to enjoying and we dedicate time to each other family is very important and I don't think that has changed at all in fact the the more the more I'm gone the more I realize how important families are to each other Um, Mm -hmm. we're very close Um, just I don't think that that is just an Ecuadorian thing I think that is very much uh, something that Latinos are just very attached to their families and we um, appreciate and value um, our family life very much. So that is, that's, and I don't mean that as in like, you know, we, we just do Christmases together. I mean, we're like always constantly with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things that are um, different for me. And also, um, you know, incredibly food is is actually very different um i i was very um spoiled i mean maybe this may be just like a rabbit hole that i'm getting into but i was very spoiled growing up um my my parents used to send me to um my grandparents um had sort of like a small hacienda um and i spent my summers there many summers growing up so I have a special relationship with food because I, um, we grew our own food, like our own coffee. We roasted it, you know, we, we made it and, you know, we, we grew pigs and chickens and, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I just value food and like, you know, just 
um, even to this day, I, I cook and I there is a slowness to that, you know, when you know where your food is coming from and you are putting it on the table and you're actually making it and it nourishes your people and um, mm. yourself. So there, it, that is what I mean when there is a slowness to things that, you know, we just kind of know where things are coming from and we dedicate sort of a special time to prepare them and make them um, that is what I have brought with me and that's what has stayed with me. And, um, you know, I only lived there 17 years. Now I have spent more time in the United States than I spent in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. So um, to me, the fact that that has remained with me, it means that that is what caused the most impact in my life, you know? So I would say those are some of like the differences and the values and what I have brought with me. That's so beautiful. And I know um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to start a podcast is I love just conversation that -hmm. sometimes we aren't able to because we're going so fast. It's like, okay, like, I just love having conversation with people. And um, I lived in Italy for a year. And what you're describing is, I would love for some of those values to be part of my life. And I know other people, Mm -hmm. it just, it sounds so beautiful. Um, so how do you, um, I want to get into a little bit about creativity and, um, story and just kind of your philosophy on fashion and life and (laughs) how do you recharge and how, what do you feel like, you know, around the topic of creativity? Mm. I, uh, well, let's see. I, consider myself a creative being, but I don't think there is a single person on the planet who is not creative. We are all creative as far as I'm concerned. And I continue to see that over and over and people prove that to me all the time when it comes to the magazine. Um, But, you know, I see it in my son. I see it in all of my son's friends. Mm -hmm. They are all creative little beings, right? Mm -hmm. And I think at some point maybe... um, we stop believing that, you know, we are creative people, but we are. And whether we realize it or not, we are creating all the time, all the time, every day. We create all sorts of things um, daily just because they don't get published or because they aren't um, something that, you know, is um, in a magazine or um, something that somebody else is buying. It doesn't mean that we're not creative. We're still being creative and especially these days, I believe that we have been called to be creative um, because we are in the middle of a pandemic and we have mm-hmm. all had to um, pivot, right? Which right. we all have had to just look at things differently. Um, we have had to get creative. I don't care who you are. You have had to change at least one thing in the last six months. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that is also creativity. Um, we just don't see it like that, you know. So I, um, however, I, I consider myself very lucky because part of both my job, my paying job, and one of my passions um, are both creative things. The mm-hmm. things that if you tell people, you know, what do you do? And I tell them, oh, yeah, I'm an interior designer. Or if I tell them, oh, yeah, I'm also a writer or an editor or I have a magazine. Um, people just also immediately associate that with being creative, which, you know, it's true. I am mm-hmm. a creative being. But not just because of that. I just consider that we all are creative. Um, it's just a matter of whether we, you know, 
realize it and whether we want to push it further. Um, so as far as to how um, I recharge, um, I am an extrovert. I don't know if you if you have delved into Enneagrams, but I'm an Enneagram 3, um, and I love people, and part of the, one of the biggest, best part of, parts of my job is actually the people, helping mm-hmm. people. Um, the design is awesome, and it's great, and I love doing it, but the best part of my job is to actually be able to be in a space and find the what the person wants and needs out of that space and then actually delivering that because they it really makes their lives better like they are so happy so much happier they live better lives they just you know find peace in those spaces so um that honestly recharges me um half the time when i'm doing my job i actually i'm it you know most people would say I go to my work and then I am tired and I think we all are obviously we are you know humans we we all need rest and such but my job energizes me and that's how I know I'm doing the right thing you know like because I am actually like oh my gosh this is awesome I could do this forever (laughs) so um so I have a wondering um Mm -hmm. I have this belief that like even as an educator like the way a school looks and feels and even color on the wall mm-hmm. changes behavior um, and ma- when it makes people feel a different way. Um, and even like the flow of a family can be more harmonious if like the home is maybe designed a certain way. Wait, how do you believe in those types of things when you're oh, designing yeah. spaces for people? Absolutely. Yes, it, it definitely. Um, the space the layout, the light, the color is just so important in how we perceive things. Um, So I'm going to get back to that, but I'm going to tell you um, something else. Like on when um, Jordan and I decided to make Wildheart magazine, we decided that it needed to be a printed magazine and not just an online magazine because we absorb with everything all of our senses when we read it is not just with our eyes we are looking at the color we are looking at the font we are when we are touching something like the print magazine we're touching the weight of the paper in our hands it has a psychological effect into what we are doing and being so if reading something could cause such an effect imagine living in a space right right and so it is so tactile and visual, like the living of it, right? So that, you know, what, what are, what are our, our toes feeling? Like if we have an area rug, like what, what, does, what does that feel? Like how does, is it cozy? Does it make us feel good? Are the colors in the room, like are they making us, are they making us feel happy? Are they soothing? Um, do they put them in the right place? Because, you know, certain spaces of the house are for everybody in the house. Certain spaces of the house may be just for us. Um, there is a, a huge amount of research involved in um, color alone mm-hmm. um, about what, you know, what it actually does to people um, and uh, the way we react about um, color and design and when they come together, the way they actually like change people's lives. 
You know, um, I totally agree. I just, one of the wonderings I have is like our home, the home, um, homes in Anchorage are like seas of beige color. Or if you go to other cities, like there's more artistic expression in like restaurants or homes. And why is that? Like I've, I wondered that, like, you know, new construction in Anchorage is often like you know, all the same colors of beige (laughs) and I, um, versus like if you were to go to Portland, Oregon, or, you know, I think, are we more conservative with wanting to take risks with colors or? Um, well, I've had this conversation with a few people and I don't know that I'm going to give you the answer, right? I think many, many different people are going to have many different answers, but um, something that I think a lot of us will agree on is that Alaska is a new state, right? Yeah. Um, it is, um, and it is not just new in in the sense that obviously we we came in late to you know the, the union, um, but it's also it was also impermanent. Like at the beginning, it was kind of like okay, people came up here and kind of just were literally homesteading right so they went for the things that were mostly utilitarian right like Mm -hmm. they wanted to make sure that they they had what they had and it was functional um and then after that um there was um I just read this book called This is Chance, actually, and this, like, played into it when I was reading it. They were talking about the houses, you know, Turnigan was already sort of like a neighborhood. But, I mean, it was, it was by the time the, the This is Chance talks about, like, the earthquake, you know. It's this whole story, and, like, it talks about the earthquake and how it destroyed the houses and how, you know, Turnigan was one of the oldest neighborhoods. Now, I live in Turnigan, and all of the houses here are actually super eclectic. Like, they are, they do yeah. have color. They mm-hmm. are actually some of the ones that are, like, you know, they're mostly ranch houses, but they are super, like, colorful, and they are cute. None of them are really beige, you know, that kind of thing. But then yeah. after that, after the earthquake, there was a, a boom, right, mm-hmm. later on, and uh, an economic boom, and then people needed to find housing up here. So they just like slapped them together. And I've talked about this with, um, you know, a few of um, uh, a few people, one of them, one of them, my boss, um, about how he saw so many houses go up so quickly, you know, because people were coming up here for the oil and like they didn't have any places to live and they had their family. So they had like to put them together. And so they were basically like all the same kind of cookie cutter. And like nobody was necessarily thinking, let's let's think about color, let's think about how things flow. And like, you know, some of those, some of those houses, I am, those are the ones that I'm remodeling now. Yeah. So um, I think there wasn't much forethought put into things. That is why. Now, if you ask me right now why people are still doing that, I have no answer for you. That is a crime. <laughs> so yeah, it's okay. I, I think yes. that at this point in time where we are, we have the ability um, and the resources to make beautiful things and to make this our own. So it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Right. So, and I, I know that I'm not alone in this because that's why I have a job. This is exactly what people are realizing. It's like, oh, okay, there is a different way of doing things. And there is, you know, like I am, everybody brings something different to the table, you know, when we're designing and 
like the homeowners, obviously, they're, they're, they're all different. And so what can we make? How can we make this our own? Like, and so then we be- begin the conversation of, tell me about your life. You know, yeah. like this isn't about me. Being a designer, um, in my opinion anyway, is um, a lot like being a vessel. You're going to tell me what your life is like. Do you have kids? Do you have pets? Mm-hmm. What do you enjoy? What do you do? What, how do you spend your days? What are we doing? And then I'm going to take that information. And then when it comes out in the other end, I am, it, it does have a little bit of me in it because, you know, that is, say, Fernanda's design. But I have taken what you gave me, put a little bit of me in it. And then in the end, it should be something that you see yourself in, right? Like mm-hmm. it should be your space. And I think there are people doing that these days. There are, um, you know, a few of us that are actually like, you know, doing that, just changing the spaces, like ditching the beige. And I'm not knocking down beige. If you love beige, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but basically what I'm saying is putting, you know, forethought in like, why are we doing this? Why yes. is this space the space? We are not just throwing up she rock and paint on it for the sake of it. This doesn't have to be just utilitarian anymore. It can, it can actually be both. It can be both beautiful and it can be useful. We don't have to choose. Right. I, um, I just want to encourage anyone who's listening. Um, I feel pretty confident like with my choice of things and I have certain looks I like, but anytime I've hired a designer to help me with like a space, I've always been like the price tag of it has like paid for itself a thousand times over by how much more I love the space. And I think part of the thing in Alaska is that maybe, um, you know, with our weather, I just encourage people to explore color and explore um, being more creative in space. I know in schools, um, I was at a conference one time and um, somebody shared that who who had been to prison, he shared that schools physically reminded him of prison based on even the wall color and that wouldn't be a school you or I know but like just in general on a national level and I'm like even those spaces that does so much for children when they're in a space that there's there's calm and peace and and even the area rug the feel of it and you know what it does for our brains yeah absolutely there is plenty there is actual research that suggests that the color that we see actually makes us feel something like and um so I recently read this article about why that is and um it goes the research goes all the way back in to saying that at the very beginning as a species as humans we depended on uh, on what we saw, right? Because we used to hunt for things. We still do, not necessarily for living anymore, not, not all of us, um, but you know, we used to. And the color, not just in hunting, but also in like gathering, right? The color is what taught us what a fruit, for instance, mm-hmm. what it was going to taste like, right? Like that is what taught us. It was literally meant for our survival. So we have internalized that color means what is good for us. And yeah. so those is like, it, 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 tell, it tells us about the taste. It tells us about a feeling. It tell, tells us about what, what we think 
like is going to nourish us and it's just it's seriously it goes beyond what we think we know and and now obviously we don't depend on those things but if I put you in a room that is just one color for the rest of your life, you're going to be a different person if, we, if, if you know, we actually did a study and then it's the same person in a different room with different color forever. It's just you come out a different being. And I right. think that needs to be taken care of, taken into consideration when we are, you know, designing spaces and rooms and homes and just developing and such yeah so before I move on um what is your like go-to color palette right now oh gosh (laughs) I'm so glad you asked this because um um okay this is a personal story so my husband and I bought a house um three years ago and we absolutely intend to remodel it um we for those of you who don't know, he is an architect. So we both have very specific plans about what we want to do to this house. And it's going to take us a while to get there. But in the meantime, when we moved in, we made it all white. And I lived with white until now. Like the whole entire thing was white. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I did that for two reasons. At the beginning, it was because it was easy. It was easy to just make it all white. Um, I didn't want the colors from the people who had owned the house before. I didn't like them. So we made them white. And I love white. I find white very, very soothing. Um, and it was fine because it was easy to make it all white. Um, but also because I wanted to get to know the house. And so... It's been three years and now I've had the time, you know, hello pandemic, to yeah. uh, <laughs> to just kind of sit down with it and be like, okay, okay, I can put some colors in. And in the past, I'm going to say two months, I've actually added five colors to the house, yeah. <laughs> which is a lot. I mean, other people cannot commit to colors. There are plenty of people who have met who have like a phobia that are like, oh God, that is too much. I cannot pick. This is like, you know, and so... Um, that's not necessarily my case, but you know, like five colors in, in, in a house that is, you know, my house is not huge. Um, it's a lot. So, um, the palette that I'm going for, um, is muted, but, um, also happy. Um, Mm. So I wouldn't say necessarily pastels are the thing because one of the colors that I use is called um, Urbane Bronze. Um, You can look it up, Sherwin Williams, your Urbane Bronze, and it's a very dark color. And Mm -hmm. uh, when I was telling my dad that I was going to use it in the dining room, he was like, oh my gosh, that is going to be so dark. And he was like, you know, kind of scared about it. But then I put it on. I was like totally confident into it. I love dark colors, by the way. They make me feel at home. That is the only dark color that we have in the house right now. And it looks amazing. I mean, it looks so awesome. It makes the dining room really, it grounds it. It it just like makes it come alive. And I, um, right now I'm feeling like, how have I not lived with color for three years? What is wrong with me? And in a way, you know, it's not that I haven't because I am in people's houses all the time. So I'm doing colors all the time. So it has been kind of nice to come home and just have something white. But I have painted, like, now that my own house is painted, and as I'm sitting here talking to you, I can see four of those five colors that I have. And it is so great. Like, it makes me so happy. I am so happy to look at them. Mm. So it, they are all muted. Um, none of them is, you know, like, a primary color by any means. But there are 
greens and there are blues and there's a little bit of pink and urban bronze, you know, and it, they're just all nice. making me super happy. Um, they're kind of very earthy um, and I'm just feeling like complete with them. Okay. So, I'm, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Okay. So um, I want to value your time tonight, but I, I want to talk about fashion for just a little yeah. bit because um, – I definitely always look at your outfits and you're kind of one of, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> you're one of those people that I'm like, Oh, I love that. Or so what, what would you think about like fashion advice in Alaska? Oh my gosh. What are your go-to pieces? Okay. You know? So I don't know if you knew me then, but I, um, I actually used to have a blog, um, that was a, a fashion blog. Like I was, I think I'm going to call myself like one of the OG, you know, like fashion bloggers in Alaska. And I'm not, I'm not giving myself the title. Like we were actually, there's a few of us who used to be invited to like, um, you know, the Fifth Avenue used to have um, Christmas like openings. And so we would come and see what was happening and then we would blog about it and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And, um, Fashion was one of the things that, you know, was that was another outlet, you know, like I'm always finding outlets for like the things that I want to do. And as I said, you know, we are creative beings and um, my clothes are an extension of who I am and how I feel. And that has changed um, terribly <laughs> from, you know, like in the, in, in the past, I mean, it, it's always changing, but it has definitely changed from when the time I was blogging about it to now. I don't have that blog anymore. I actually shut it down. Um, uh, but I still enjoy, um, you know, expressing myself through my clothes. So let's see what, what I think about in about it in Alaska, I mean, it is it is worth saying there is a difference, you know, of um, the climate that we have up here. Um, there is something to be said for uh, functionality when it comes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this because I I don't just go to an office and and sit at it. You know, I cannot even just wear my high heels and like, you know, it doesn't matter if it snows because I'm going to be in an office for eight hours. That's not my life. I am constantly going to people's houses. So I'm having to get in and out of cars and I'm having to go to, um, you know, someone's driveway and sometimes they are not plowed. (laughs) So I have to like, you know, anyway, there's so many things. So I'm I'm Mm -hmm. always out. Not only that, but I am a very outdoorsy person. I love the outdoors. I love Alaska. I love a good hike. I love fishing. I love lakes. I love skiing, cross-country skiing, by the way. Um, So I am continuously out. I am, I mean, I'm always doing things. So the things that I try to find and that I try to wear um now have are are different than they used to be but now they are basically uh as much as possible natural materials Mm -hmm. so in the summer I wear a lot of linen um our summers are getting way warmer than they used to be so I wear linen often um and then I also wear in the winter I wear a lot of wool I love cashmere because it's not as heavy and you know it can definitely like keep you warm which is nice um, and then, uh, which, I mean, all of those are for most everybody, you know, but then, um, I think what is really like what makes or breaks something is it can be the shoes and shoes that are both functional and pretty in Alaska are definitely hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
I I know this is just I am whatever I don't I don't care if you know if I'm just uh, one I've been I've been worn by the cold but I definitely wear sorrels a lot yes <laughs> shoes wise right just because they may not appear to be like the most fashion I mean the most like the beautiful thing ever but I mean they keep me warm I don't slip and you know I can definitely go anywhere with those so. Uh, and I don't mean just the boots. They make booties and they make beautiful things that I, you know, like wear. Or yeah, beautiful I saw, to me anyway um, now. their fall line. I saw like a couple, and I'm 5'10", so they make me feel like so tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my only thing. Um, and, and I and I appreciate that because I'm five feet tall, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm like 6'5", when I wear them. Earrings, like, do, do you feel like, like a, in Alaska, like sometimes I'll put like, I love huge earrings and I, um, I'm tall, so I have a long neck, um, <laughs> all these strange parts, but, um, you know, do you feel like earrings are another piece in Alaska? Like, you know, where we don't get to see, like if we're all bundled up, like just a statement earring. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay. So what has it been? I mean, you, you correct me, uh, maybe what, like, three years since the this whole thing with the earrings has become a thing like we are now buying all sorts of earrings beautiful earrings handmade by a lot of people here in town and just not just in town but in Alaska in general like and and it hasn't just been a thing here in Alaska there are vendors in the lower 48 um, that I'm sure you me and plenty of people follow on Instagram that are making either um, beaded earrings Mm -hmm. or uh, metal earrings that are just like big and voluminous and like just playful and they really just dress something up you know you may be wearing just like jeans and a t-shirt and you put those on and all of a sudden you know yeah. you're like sort of dressed up um the other thing is they are super like I mean I just went kayaking right like um I took my son kayaking it was his first time in his own seat and it, it was super exciting for us as a family and so I'm wearing obviously kayaking clothes like you know just all very yeah. you know keep me warm um kind of you know repel water kind of things um but I had my earrings on yeah I noticed them. <laughs> were, were they going to help me kayak any better yeah. absolutely not <laughs> But were they going to, you know, like, just make me feel like, I don't know, cuter? Sure. So I put them on, you know. So yeah. they are something that you don't necessarily need to be, um, you don't necessarily, they don't, need, they don't need to help you in what you're doing. They are just making you feel more of that, whatever it is you want to feel sassy or maybe yeah. cuter or maybe taller or maybe just whatever it is, you know, like give you a little bit of a pep in your step, regardless of what you're doing. So I love earrings. I love yes. them so much. Yeah. I'm all about like a scarf and earrings in the winter that just kind of add that pop. What brand or who, what artists were you wearing on that kayak trip? Mm. I saw a picture. Oh my gosh, uh, I should know this, and I can probably look it up. But oh, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, I cannot. It cannot. It will not come to me. Yeah, I just went. found some of these artists, but um, yes, I love it, and they're fairly affordable. Wait, 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 wait! It did come back to me. Gray Wind Design. That's what oh, it's called, yeah. and and their Instagram is Gray yeah. Wind Design Co. And you know why I wore them? Um, because they are leather. And yes. therefore, they are so 
um, light. And yeah. so I was kayaking. I didn't feel them once. Like they were fine in my ears. I was doing my thing and those things were like awesome, you know? So yes. So she, yes. she makes really nice light earrings that you can wear anytime. I mean, I, there's many other designers that I, yeah. um, live by, but yeah, those are the ones that I wore on my kayaking trip and I, I, I regret nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the last part of this podcast, I just wanted to talk about, um, your magazine. And mm-hmm. I loved, I think I heard you one time talk about just the power of story. And mm-hmm. do you mind just talking a little bit about, you know, Wild Heart Magazine and story? Just, mm-hmm. you know, does that feel okay? Yeah. Okay. So a quick, um, if you've never heard of Wild Heart Magazine, um, Wild Heart was born um, we like to say three years ago, but really, Walter was the brainchild of Jordan Bird, who is our um, editor-in-chief, brilliant editor-in-chief at that. Um, she actually had a thought about the magazine many moons ago, probably, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say seven or eight years ago now. And she had an outline for it. Um, Jordan is a graphic designer by trade. Um, and she had already something started. Um, Jordan and I met um, at a writing retreat. As I said, I love writing. Um, I have loved writing since I was a child. I love reading and as an extension of it, writing and writing stories, short stories to be precise, um, have been the love of my life. They are just, they just fill my soul. They are so, writing mm-hmm. is just, um, I, I don't even know, it's, it's a balm to me. It's a balm mm-hmm. to my soul every time. So um, I decided at some point in my life that um, just because I am not monetizing something, it doesn't mean that I cannot spend time or money doing it, right? So mm-hmm. I, um, I gave myself the gift of taking that passion further. And I have taken, you know, retreat after retreat and cars after cars, you know, just um, classes and, you know, in writing and just to make myself better at the thing that fills me so much. Um, and that has given me a huge gift in the people that I have met through mm-hmm. it. So has it made me better? Has the, have the classes made me better and have the retreats made me better? Absolutely. Like, obviously anything that you spend time like doing or trying to hone is going to make you better. But that wasn't the actual gift. The people that I have met at these, you know, classes and just, um, the retreats have become, um, incredible people that I call really close friends now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them became, you know, Jordan. So we met at one of these retreats. And at some point later, um, we were talking about the fact that, you know, we had all of these stories because um, from those retreats also I have uh, um, a group of people that we, well, not so much anymore because, again, COVID, but we used to get together um, and actually just write, you know, and, mm. and write and read. And like one of the things that makes you better as a writer is um, feedback. Right. And 
So you need to get better at putting your things out there and just like writing them and immediately verbalizing them and then taking the feedback from other people. So, you know, we used to have this group and Jordan, Jordan was part of that group. And then we started talking about how we had all of these stories and I was like gosh they are such good stories and the vast majority of them from were from women there are plenty of good stories from women as well but the vast majority of the ones we had were from women um and there was not a place um physical place where people could you know just put them out there um and so I said wouldn't it be awesome if we would have this like magazine Mm -hmm. (laughs) style thing where we could like put them in She's like, well, I kind of sort of thought about this and, I, you know, just like did it, but then shelved it. And I was like, what? And so we just talked about it and we show, she showed me what she had. And then I was like, okay, this cannot be on a shelf anymore, Jordan. We, we have to make this real. Like we're, we're, we're going to do this. And so we went all out and um, the magazine was born three years ago and um, we give them a theme. Every issue has a theme and it helps people just kind of narrow down something to write about, right? Um, and the magazine became a women's magazine. It doesn't mean that men are not allowed to write for it. It's just that, you know, we know, we know women, we know their stories, we value their stories and it is kind of where we have honed in. Um, and, um, we have, um, advertising, like there are, women-owned businesses who advertise in our magazine. Um, We have stockist, um, well, physical, um, where you can actually go buy the magazines here in Anchorage, in um, Seward, in Homer. Um, We have them in Sitka. We have them in um, Wrangell. Um, We have them in Fairbanks, actually, in the last year as well. And even though that has kind of, you know, taken a hold because of the pandemic and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, the business is shutting down and such, um, we decided to sort of evolve in this time as well. And we actually, for the first time since the magazine was born, we also made it digital so that people were able to access it because we... Um, we might not be able to get a physical magazine to everyone just with everything that is going on. So for the, the last one was the first one that became a digital issue along with the rest. Um, but the stories in them are half of the beautiful thing that comes from it. Um, I have had, this is, this is feedback that I have gotten from people reading it, that they say that when they actually read a story, um, two things may happen. One of them is somebody else saying, me too. Oh my gosh, me too. You know, like I I didn't know that there was someone else to, you know, who share my thought, my point of view, my my experience. And it is just so nice, even though they might not even know the person, they may never get to know the person. But, you know, it's, it's just so fulfilling to them to find someone who in real life in this state is also going through what they're going. So that me too um, is something that storytelling like changes mm-hmm. people. And the other thing is that people will give me a story and we will work with, you know, editing it and, and publishing it. And then they will, they, the writer will come back after it has been published and said, thank you. 
Mm -hmm. it, it was, it needed to come out. It was something that I just needed to say. And it was, it's so, it has changed my life to see it in print, you know, it's now out for all to see. And I don't know if, um, I mean, I, all of us are creative and all of us are some, at some point have put at work into the world, right? Mm -hmm. All of us went to school at some point, all of us did a project at some point and all of us had to present it. And so this is, someone taking their story, working through it with editors, putting it out there for strangers to see. It's very vulnerable, you mm -hmm. know? It's, it's a very vulnerable thing to do. Um, it's something that I respect so much from all of our, all of our um, contributors to be able to do that. Um, but also there is, you know, in my opinion, no... Um, creativity without vulnerability. Oh, you know, yes. if you're not, <laughs> if you're not willing to let that product go and you know just put it out there, then you know it's it's just why are we doing it? So, um, but the other part of it, the other part of the magazine, because as I said, the first half is like the story and the storytelling, which obviously changes not just, it doesn't just change the, the person telling the story, it changes the reader, it changes in our, in, in my case, it changes me as the editor and Jordan as well. Like it, it really honestly changes lives. Like what we say, our words, our stories are so powerful, so powerful. I don't think a lot of us realize how much it matters what we say, when we say it, and the tone in which we say it. It's like our words are so powerful. We have so much power in our tongue and our words and, you know, and actually writing them down. But the other part of it is the fact that Jordan takes all of this and then she has an incredible brain and she is the brains when it comes to actually making it beautiful and impactful visually because as we talked about you know now we're circling to the beginning of like if we were just to put the stories one after the other with nothing else but the words they would still be valuable they would still be awesome and they would still be changing lives but the may the fact that we have so much visual effect with what Jordan does and what our visual art, um, our visual artists do when they are you know we also get submissions from photographers and we get submissions from people who draw and you know just all kind of things and like actually Jordan makes all of the graphic design for it and makes it beautiful it really drives it home and to anybody who has read the magazine that is the first thing because before you read anything you buy the magazine right and you take it home and what you're looking at you haven't read a word you haven't read any of the stories but you're looking at it and I dare you to tell me that it is not the most beautiful thing mm -hmm. you have felt that week it right. is so beautiful so beautiful so well done we put so much effort into making it like the weight of the paper the way it actually holds it feels it rests in your hand that when you put it on your nightstand or on your coffee um, table that you are proud of looking at that and you're like wow that looks awesome that was made in Alaska from Alaskans for Alaskans and it is just so great 
it is beautiful and it is useful. And that is the whole thing of what we're talking about tonight, right? Like the whole creativity yeah. design, like we can have both. We can make it both. We can have beauty and we can have function. And I think within the both of those beauty and function, we can actually change the way we live. I totally agree. And one thing um, Forza's goal is, is even to encourage like schools to be more creative and like all, all organizations, because like the way things look, whether you're a parent or a designer or, I mean, it just makes life more enjoyable. Um, I love what you said about vulnerability and creativity. Um, and I just want to like, I've been, I'm a big Brene Brown fan, but that whole idea of living big and like taking risks and we have one life. And so I love the idea of sharing your stories, putting yourself out there from the way you lived, the way you dress, to the way your friendships. I admire that about you too, is that you seem like you are really intentional with like spending time with friends. And so I just want to like encourage listeners, like COVID certainly has like added an element of like stress to everybody, but it is, I hope it makes people slow down to like almost reflect on what you said Ecuador was like and yeah. spend more time on their food and their interactions and kind of their moments, moment by moment. Um, so the last thing I just wanted to, um, I know it's almost been an hour. It's so easy to talk to you. Um, <laughs> oh it has been so fun. Yes. Do you have any um, last minute thoughts or, um, you know, for anybody listening? Um, I so appreciate all that you shared tonight. Um. You know, I will tell you something that I have been telling myself um, since March, and it is working well, um, so I'm going to share it in hopes that yes. it may work well for someone else. Um, it is, I don't mean to be cliche, but it really has changed the way I am doing things, and that is to be present. Um, so somebody in the last, um, issue of the magazine shared, um, a story and they actually put it in a way that has stayed with me. Um, instead of saying be present is to be where your feet are. Mm. And I tell that to myself all the time because I, I, I tend to try to like, you know, just think about what's coming up or what are we doing or what is for dinner or what is, you know, like, what is, what is the school going to look like? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, and I am like, is that happening today? Is it affecting my life this minute? Yeah. Does it need to be dealt with right now? Mm-hmm. If I don't deal with it right now, what kind of effect is it going to have? And weighing those options has like just brought me to the present moment where I can be like, okay, I now know what is important right now. Yes. And, and dealing with what I know needs to be done right now has taken such a weight from life in general at the moment. So that has opened up a lot of time um, that people say that we don't have. I think that in the present with what we have to do at the moment, we have the time that we need. I love that. And you know, your, your six-year-old is probably noticing that as well. (laughs) 
you yeah, know? he definitely he has definitely seen me more present these days for sure. Yes. Yes, I love that. All right. Well, please tell Benji hello and thank I will. you so much for your time tonight. Thank you, Claire. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm, bye. bye.